What is going on, everyone? You have found the Mission Driven Made podcast where we equip and empower you with unfiltered fitness truth. And make sure you check out some of our free resources. Go ahead and head to missiondrivenmade.com, click learn, and there you can download our free nutrition myth ebook. So go ahead and check that out. On today's episode, we start with what is called a life section. And here we swap a few funny stories about being American. We talk about some of the greatest actors of all time, which of course, include Will Smith and Denzel Washington. We also talk about our thoughts with Barry Bonds, not making it to the Hall of Fame. Make sure you hang around for the second portion of the episode today, which is our fitness focus section. And of course, we start this part of the show off today with IG quote unquote gods telling us how they can cure cancer with their detox program. So make sure you check that out. We finish off the episode today with a Q&A with the question of why am I not gaining strength? And we go through eight different in-depth reasons why you may not be gaining strength. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Dude, you you uh you have some dance moves over there, but to be honest, I'm more of the you've seen Hitch, right? With Will Smith. Oh, dude, I love Hitch. Yeah, with you know, uh where he talks about, you know, just doing the snapping the fingers and doing that. Yeah. Will Smith's one of the goats, by the way. I'm just just want to throw that out there. You live here. What is it? Is that you live here? Yeah, here, yeah you, you live here, here, here yeah. to here. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, Will Smith and there's a couple of them, but Will Smith and Denzel, I would say, are are some of the goats. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never saw, I wanted to see uh, The Equalizer 2 simply because it was Denzel's first sequel of all, yeah. like he'd never done a sequel before, which oh. was, yeah, and so I feel like I that says that. a lot, especially when you're talking about, like, you know, a, a, a movie that's like, you know, an action movie, right? Um, yeah. That yeah. said, I never saw the first one, so I guess I should really start there if I'm going to. Yeah, the first one is better, but they're both good. Are they? Um, but let's yeah, but let's be real though. At least for me, like I would watch a Denzel movie <laughs> even if I didn't think it looked great. Yeah. S- same with Will Smith too. I mean, I just think they're they're so good at what they do, and I love listening to both of them speak, especially Denzel. They're oh, so yeah. articulate and oh, so yeah. intelligent, mm-hmm. and just like it's really thoughtful. fun. Have you have they're you heard very Denzel thoughtful. like give speeches before? It's it's pretty cool. Just little bits, just little bits. Here. I've heard yeah. Will Smith talk more, um, but you know. They they're very they I what I have heard they're definitely um, they're people who think before they speak. Oh yeah. Generally speaking, I feel like you can you can feel that off of them. So yeah. from the hip, real quick. Uh, favorite uh, Denzel movie, fav- favorite uh, Will Smith movie. Don't think about it. Book of Eli for Denzel. Nice. Will Smith, King Richard. King Richard. Oh, I didn't, haven't seen King Richard. I looked good though. It's yeah. It's yeah. It's brand new and. Um, it's just that really cool, you know, story about the Williams sisters growing up, and uh, I think it was South Central. Well, no, Compton, South Central or Compton. I can't remember. And playing tennis, and um, th- I mean, the story was focused on you know their dad uh, mm. a little bit more. But yeah, the the movie was amazing. The way he acted, as always, was amazing. It was just a one of the better movies that we had seen in a while. And then book Book of Eli for Denzel was just action packed. I think that movie came out like. I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago or something, but that the movie's while. fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it or not. 
Yeah, I have. I do. I enjoy it. Um, but for me, I have to say, remember the Titans for Denzel and uh, oh. iRobot for Will Smith. Those okay. two. I mean, they're 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 somewhat typical answers, but man, those two. Uh, more remember the Titans because you know, especially as a, a, a Pop Warner football players, like every you want to come out every Sunday. Oh no no no, that was the wrong. We they did do that right, but you know when they come out and they're. Or whatever they're doing, they're you know they're doing this the yeah. beat to what they're doing. Like I just remember, like like we always would try to get that going, and like it would never work. <laughs> if you if you allowed me to think there for a second, that would have been another one yeah. I would have said. Um, yeah. That movie is fantastic. I don't remember being a huge fan of iRobot, so I would have to personally disagree mm. with you on that one. But mm. I did like I Am Legend a lot, which is I Am Legend similar. Good. Well, I Am Legend, I feel like is like the like kind of like the. Well, really, what it is is the post post apocalyptic post apocalyptic version of basically the same movie, right? But at a baser level, I feel like the iRobot iRobot is like kind of the kid version, right? Because iLegend, there's no, there's not really much there for a kid to enjoy. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a lot of like broody tension, you know. Whereas with iRobot, it's a lot of like, <laughs> you know, like for me. One of my favorite moments, and I'd say this is one of my favorite moments in like in all movies. And I love, like, you know, I love all the classics and stuff like Godfather and all that. I, we can get into movies later in another episode, but um, my, one of my favorite all time scenes of any movie is in iRobot when um, he's in the CEO's office and, and Will Smith is, <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> of course, delivered by me is like very, is, is a fraction of a fraction, but. That line had so much impact on me, and as I hear it, surprisingly pertinent to our kind of whole milieu here, right? It's funny when you just said that because it's been so long since I've seen that. Mm. I I, I, I for, <laughs> forgot that you're you're saying a line from a movie and I thought that just happened <laughs> yeah. right now. It's like oh, like you were really believable with that. That was pretty good, Clay. I'm Thank impressed. You. Thank you. Very very impressed. Tip but, waiters, uh, but yeah, waitresses. We, we could definitely go on um, a kick of just watching those movies and talking about it and then mm-hmm. replacing all the talk we have been, you know, talking about with football mm-hmm. and replace it with those. And then, you know, I'm sure we get a little out of control of that, too. Easy. Oh, yeah. Don't get us started on. I mean, you know, once we start going down to like the silly route, that's a whole other, you know, Happy Gilmore oh. Billy Madison's. Uh, you know what I mean? You didn't I, say it. Yeah. You didn't say Happy Okay, you know, you know my obsessive personality, right? Yeah. So when I was a kid, and you, you're going to think I'm exaggerating, so there's days I would watch Happy Gilmore three times in one day, and I would watch it at least once a day. Oh, man. I know or knew, I'm sure it sounds good now, every line to that movie. <laughs> I could recite yes. it the, the entire thing, and I'm not even, like, exaggerating. That's oh how much I, I watched it. So. That's amazing. Okay, so um, this just became a thing, community movie night. Uh, Happy Gilmore. We're going to make it happen. Uh, MDM community, we're, we'll put it on the books. Jake's face, uh, whoever's watching the video, you have to go back and watch Jake's face as, as he, we just said this. Like, we're making this happen. Uh, we're going to get online, and we're going to watch Happy Happy Gilmore. We'll, we'll stream it for, through our Discord. Uh, make sure you reach out to us directly if you're interested in finding out the details about that, but we will be announcing it at some point down the line, but we'll make it happen. If you're being serious right now, I'm serious too, because like I've, you know, I always tell my wife this, you know, I love being physically active. Like my perfect world, you know, like weight training, hiking, just being active all day. But then as the night approaches, 
the next best thing after that, dude, I could watch movies and good documentaries and stuff like that all night. I, I just love watching good movies. I know we're not supposed to say that, but it's the truth. It's you know, I, lo- I just love watching good movies and stuff at night. It's kind of a, it's a sort of a routine for us um, at night, you know, put in a, a series on or a movie or whatever, like kind of close to bedtime. And I'm so used to it unless it's, you know, like a, action-packed movie that i have not seen where there's a lot of shooting or something like that and it doesn't affect my sleep because you know obviously we were talking the other day to the audience you know uh, or not talking saying that you should be careful with electronics at night because it can be stimulating for some so that's what i'm so used to it actually like Mm -hmm. a lot of times it will put me to sleep well what happens is um our brains adapt so when we start um you know we when we make habits and this you guys will understand why this applies to our conversation at large but um when we make habits uh our brains start to take cues so um the most kind of stark example of this is is addicts, um, people who are using. Um, what happens is when they go into the same space that they're oh perfect, the power of habit. Jake's pulling a hold up the power of habit exactly. Well, so not to not to get you know use a dark example, but for people who are using. Um, their brains will, when they go into the spaces that they're used to using in, their brains will start to prepare for the um, in, whatever infusion of chemical infusion it's about to get, right? The, the reward. Brain, exactly. It starts to prepare for the re- reward. Um, the funny, not the funny, not so funny thing about that is the other side of that is when people use outside of their normal places, they can OD much easier. That's neither here nor there within the context of our conversation. The point is that, um, you know, our brains take cues depending on what they get used to seeing. So when we're talking about sleeping at night, even though, yes, absolutely is is what we said initially, is it like ideal to go to sleep without looking at a screen? Sure. But as we get used to, um, you know, whatever our habits are, our brains start to take those cues and so i know for me i'm i'm like that too jake even though like i promote going to sleep without a screen i often go to sleep with a screen um and of course you got to choose the right content first of all but that said you know you can really actually kind of leverage that as a way to cue your brain into saying hey it's time to start especially if you watch like the same thing like we talk about the office a lot on this on this podcast perfect it's the perfect show for it because it's there's not there's not a backing laugh track, so you're not getting that kind of that canned laughter, that fake ah, you know, that's trigger that's a you know meant to trigger your kind of response. Instead, you just get kind of awkward people in awkward situations, which is perfect for when you're ready to go to sleep because it's like, all right, I can just you know, I know how awkward it is. I can see their faces by hearing them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whole different and thing. I, I- Personally, I feel like it's more stimulating for me, like if I have my phone up close to my face yeah. versus like if I'm laying down and there's a movie playing, especially or, or the office. That's a better example. Having the screen like my phone, that's more stimulating for me personally. I have started. Um, so I turn my TV on sleep, you know, whatever hour or two. So I make sure it turns off when I fall asleep. But once I start feeling myself getting tired, what I'll do is I take I've got an ex, I've got like two blankets. I've got an extra blanket. I'll take the other blanket. I'll kind of put it up over my shoulders and I kind of face down so that what's happening is I'm blocking all the light from the TV. And I found that that's really helpful because I get to still have that audio stimulation, but I don't have that flashing lights over my eyelids anymore. Um, that's a fairly recent thing that I started, but I'm really been stoked on it. 
You're smart with the sleep timer thing for, for me or for us. It's like the same thing every night. Wake up in the middle of the night and there's mm-hmm. a, this illuminating white light like it shining hurts around. so much. <laughs> Why does it hurt so much when it hits my skin? It's, it's kind of creepy too. Oh, yeah. It's in the middle of the night. It's it, in it it's it's almost like someone you've been sitting like someone's been in the room standing and talking to you while you were going to sleep and then when you yeah. fell asleep they just stopped talking but they're still standing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what the, the light is in the middle. That was a good example. I like that. It's a, it made it creepier though, didn't it? Like I, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with how creepy it made it. Ultimately, oh, I I always give uh, Edlene crap like. So when Elsie or Hazley, like, they're doing something weird, like they're crawling on the ground, and it looks, like, kind of creepy because kids do weird things like that, I always tell Lean picture one of our kids doing that in the middle of the night. Like, we didn't see oh them, God. and the lights are dark, and we look to the side, <laughs> and we see Elsie, like, crawling like this on the ground. And she's like, stop, stop. Don't do stop. it. Yeah. That's it's funny. a funny thought, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. and for I feel like because of the Exorcist, some version of that is like downloaded in all of it's in the zeitgeist, right? So like we've all seen at least <laughs> the image of Linda Blair, I think her name is right, crawling backwards down the stairs, and so like I feel like you you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Elsie was crawling backwards too when I lost. Oh, oh so it was like Ted Lee. it was like actually Literally. she was crawling backwards. I I didn't catch that part. I thought she was. Literally. I was picturing her crawling forward, but she was actually doing the crab crawl. I, I forgot to say that, but that's what she, <laughs> she was crawling backwards. You know, going like that or whatever. So she was doing that, and it. And I was like, how creepy would that be in the middle of the night if it's dark? And she snuck out of her room, and and was crawling backwards like that so yeah it was, it was pretty funny i wish My one of them had crazy. the wherewithal to hear you say that from the other room and just like prank you guys with that now oh <laughs> uh, when when they're old enough especially well hazily i bet when she's old enough mm-hmm. i mean she's so little now but she would be she would be the prankster for yeah. sure yeah, <laughs> for sure dude did, did i tell you how american i felt the no. other day, did I tell you this? No, I, you told me, you gave me the little preview, and I, it piqued my interest. Oh, right, right. So American, but not not in, like, the good way. <laughs> in a really so, bad way. And it's funny, because, like, for a minute or two while this was happening, it was completely normal. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel ridiculous. So, Adeline and I had both ordered something on Amazon. And Amazon is insane. Like, you can, there's times oh, yeah. you can click order and whatever you ordered is at your house in a couple hours. Yeah. Like sometimes it happens. It's crazy. Yeah. And so she had ordered something I did too. And it was supposed to come, I don't know, it said like by 10 p.m. or something. And so she checked. She goes on her phone to check. Not only can you check like how long it will be until it gets there, you could literally see how many stops there are yeah. until it gets to your house. So she's like, Oh, we have nine. There's nine more stops until it gets here. I'm like, oh, dang. And then after like that little conversation, I start thinking, what a funny problem to have. (laughs) (laughs) Our our Amazon package is nine stops away, even though we ordered it that day. And this isn't bashing my wife. It was like just the thought of this, this conversation, this short conversation we had about like click a button in this thing arrives at your house in a couple hours. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, well, and when we think about the fact that it's become behaviorally such a standard thing for everybody, especially in, 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 in you know, in, uh, in the States, um, that we, it's become a new, like, life factor. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
one of the things that we can kind of see that's happened historically, like anthropologically, is that, you know, over time, as technology has developed, we've become more sedentary. And so, like, you know, we used to, as creatures, travel for our food and eat when we gathered something or hunted something, right? And now it's like, you know, or, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, all of a sudden we can go get food whenever we want. Now we can, I can, I can have a virtual drum set in 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. That, that's insane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's madness. And I don't want to be like up on a soapbox. Oh, what have we lost? Cause what have we, what we've gained is um, immeasurable, but it begs the question what benefits have gone by the wayside as we have, as a culture, become had had technology developed to the point where we can now have things come to us instead of us having to go get anything? You know, it's yeah, crazy. That's the we talked about that I think a couple of weeks ago. It's like that threshold that I was asking you about. Like I don't know where the threshold is to where like okay, this is too much. Yeah, because no matter what generation or what year you're living in, you can make that same argument. Cause right. you know, True depending that. on like 10 years ago, the technology is probably crazy <laughs> versus, you right. know, 10 or 20 years before that. So that's why I'm like, I don't know where that threshold is, but yeah. you, it does make you think a little bit more knowing I could push a button and there'll be food on my front door. Yeah. Thir- literally 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm far from a doomsday prepper, but part of my brain always has a side of me that's like, well, maybe I should make sure that I don't learn to rely exclusively on digital <laughs> means. You know, um, not to say I want to go and balance a checkbook. I've never balanced a checkbook in my life. I just haven't had to. My checkbook is mostly for the you know sat in a safe most of my life because I just use other means. Right. That said. You know, I wonder what kids today, people who are kids today in 20 years, what their signature is going to look like. You know what I mean? It's going to be like like a big upper, you know, big block R. Like apparently they are still teaching kids cursive for the sake of signatures, oh, um, which I learned yeah. recently from like a, I think it was a mom was, uh, that I know. And so they are still teaching cursive, but still begs the question what what are we gaining as we're doing all as we progress and what are we losing and not to lament what we're losing but it's an interesting concept you know con- context and um you know and it applies to the general philosophies again that we're talking about here because you know as you guys hear us talk about we're not saying there's always going to be one right way there's always one right way the, the, what we're talking about is finding your way so you know it kind of fits all together in most of our ways now is push a button and it arrives at our house That's madness, in a dude. couple hours. It's crazy. I had never used, I don't think we had used, you know, like Uber Eats or something like that until the pandemic. And when it started, we were still in California. So obviously that's where um, all the lockdown measures were probably the strictest. So we, we did use... Uh, I think that's when we had first used it. I don't remember ever using those services before. Like, I don't even know when they came out i have no idea um they've been they've i mean it's been around for a little bit but it's been one of those things that is kind of you know it's it's it was like i feel like it was like texting back in the day it was like it's started as like there's a core group doing it and then it's like slowly blown into like everybody's doing it you know what i mean so it's yeah it's easy to miss but i'll tell you what there's also a bunch of people who were on that train who are now off that train because of how expensive it is 
Yeah. So, then we, I am we one of those people. Yeah, we, we went through periods, too. Like, we were using it way too much yeah. and then slowed way down. Now it's more like every once in a while and, and not like a regular thing. Because, I mean, it is it is pretty expensive. Like, even if they say, like, they have these deals, right. all of a sudden when you're about to check out or pay or whatever, there's a service fee. Then right. there's this hidden delivery fee. Then there's Always. this whatever other fee. And all of a sudden the fees add up to, you know, three to four times the actual price of what right. the food would be if you got in person. But then again, food is like super expensive right now with all the yeah. inflation. It's pretty crazy how expensive everything is. So, Dude, I, I, mean, it's, it, I mean, not to go off on that tangent too, but inflation in general, man, is just destroying, it's like beating people up, man. It's like it's so many people are getting raises that don't mean anything these days. It's, it's you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not proposing that we could find an answer in, you know, the midst of this podcast. Um or, you know, even that there is a actual answer, but man, it's, it's rough out there, man. Yeah, that's, that is for sure. The, the only answer that I know about, but it's not like everyone can just do that as purchasing assets because then, right. you know, as inflation goes up, then, you know, you um, are able to make money that way, but it's, that's a little bit, of, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a little too general. Oh, just go buy extra yeah. homes or just right. go buy, you know what I mean? Well, but besides by, that, by, I don't know the answer. By that same token, I feel like, Folks who do have the capital to do that and also have the skills to do whatever amount of that work that they can that involves either renting it out or flipping it or whatever you might do with it um, or just, you know, making it better. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for go-getters right now. You know, there's a lot of really awesome chances for people just to kind of pull themselves up and buy their bootstraps and, you know, live, live and die by your dollar, you know? Yeah, dude, I... I have a I have a buddy right now. He's making, I think a few few million a year. Like doing, he does flips, wholesales, and then you uh, talking about the does, dude you interviewed? Yeah, he's awesome. I that yeah, was that was one of my your first your first podcast, right? He, yes, yeah. actually, that's a great point. That was the first first podcast, and I'm saying that also uh, because he publicly put it on social media about his goals with money and what he's been sure. making and whatever. And I'm just like, so, so impressed, you know, yeah. and how he is, he's so sharp, yeah. so articulate as well. Like we were talking about earlier and just gets after it with real estate. It's, it's impressive. So that was, I have to say, I didn't, wouldn't have expected your first one to be like one of my favorites and maybe my favorite, but I, I think that, that it is. Cause um, I mean, you know, I think you came in strong, a lot stronger than I would have expected a first podcast host to do that. But either by fortune or by good choosing, you got the perfect first guest. He was, like you said, you already said it. He's so articulate. He's so thoughtful. He was very relaxed. I, I really enjoy that. And, and I can see as somebody who what would not have watched that as a fitness guy and then i would have seen finance i'm like oh, no, i'm not I'm not that or not finance sorry uh real estate i would have been like oh that's not for me but i did and i'm so glad i did because the things he had to say were universal they were not um particular to his field they were you know yeah, i enjoyed that one and i i highly recommend anybody uh, who's listening go back and listen to that first one because it's a uh, it's a good one and also another reason why he was so good, besides all these great qualities about him, he has his own podcast, and I think he's up to, man, it's What's probably it close to 200 episodes now. Nice. Um, so he's been 
he's so he's comfortable around the mic. He's been doing it for mm. probably a couple of years. And uh, I think sell. we talked about this a, a while ago. You know, most podcasts, people, it's, I can't remember the exact numbers, so don't quote me on this, but 90% of podcasters quit after it's either three or five episodes, something like that. Yeah. And then from there, 90% of the remaining quit once it gets to like 25 episodes. It's like that. So yeah. with so, for someone to have, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of 200, that's, you know, it's impressive. And, and plus think like a lot of people, the podcast is more of the, the side gig, you know, as we right. talked about, it's, it's not his main thing. He's just doing it to provide value to other people. So it's not like he's doing, you know, five episodes a week or anything. I think he does one, maybe two or something like that. So think if you do, one a year, or excuse me, one a one a week. That's what fifty-two episodes a year. So yeah, I was thinking about up. that the other day. He's probably been doing it for you know a good couple years, something yeah. like that. So so yeah, he's he's legit. Well, you can tell he's comfortable on the mic, and I I, would, I look forward to the opportunity that I hope will come around eventually for us to talk to him again. Uh, you know, somewhere down the line, because um, yeah, he he was really he was a compelling guest, and I'm sure I'm not alone uh, in the. Um, interest to, to hear him talk and more. one huge thing too that i do like that we're doing with mission driven made obviously before you came aboard uh, we did the whole rebrand where it was more of like you know personal development every once in a while we talk about fitness but now fitness is the primary but you know we still talk mindset we still talk personal development we have that in there i wanted to include that so in the future we can have guests like that even if it's not necessarily fitness related on that episode there's going to be something related to to mindset or personal development that can be applied to people listening and you can even apply that to your fitness so that that was like really important because of course like most of our guests are going to be fitness related but it is really fun having a guest on that's a little bit different you know my experience with music and training, it really came, it made its point in music is that if, if sometimes you can be too on the ball, sometimes you can be too focused on your goal to the, um, to the, uh, to the point where you stop engaging in things that are, are outside of seeming value to your thing. Right. Um, for example, when I when I in my exam, my example for music is that I was focusing on my music, my music, my music. I stopped going out and living my life and doing things because I was just working on music all the time. Eventually, I got to the point where my music wasn't as good because I wasn't living my life because I didn't have something to bring to the music. This is I feel like the, that's the same thing when we're talking about fitness. That's the same thing when we're talking about this podcast. Whatever our focus is, it almost would be to our detriment to not go outside of fitness people at some point you know what i'm saying you know because when you really get down to it yeah our subject is fitness but we're not really talking about fitness we're talking about life we're talking about how fitness and your life can intersect and that's why we talk about i mean it's a big part of why we talk about our life as the whole half of these episodes because fitness without the context of real life holds less value when we're talking about it because yeah. it, it, it extricates it from reality, you know, and, and, you know, the reality is that it gets messy. The reality is that we're not always motivated. The reality is that there's ebb and there's flow. 
um, and that there's good days and there's bad days, and um, that all we can really do is get up in the moment and do the best that we can do. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of details. Yeah. Uh, amen. I love that, dude. And uh, speaking of fitness, which I'm excited to talk about today, but did want to ask you one more thing before yeah. uh, we get there. Did you see <laughs> that Barry Bonds was not elected for the Hall of Fame? Did you see that? I, di- I, I didn't until I read our notes. Um, I got to assume it's because of because of the steroids, right? Yeah, so there was a bunch of, you know, some of the, the greats that I, I guess didn't or are not going to make it to the Hall of Fame. And yeah. when I read the article, it was him. I think they said McGuire. Yeah, I was going to say McGuire. McGuire's in the next name on that list. Sammy Sosa. Yeah. And then there might oh, have been brutal another. Sosa too, but of course, right? Yeah, if you're going to so do one, like, you got to do like everybody who's shown, has admitted to it. It's hard because I get it. I, right. I totally get it. And plus, yeah. I wasn't even a, a Barry Bonds fan, but yeah. like, let's be real how impactful he was with baseball. So yeah. it's hard because it's like, yes, he, he broke the rules, right. but that, that's got to sting, though. You know, you're one of the best of all time and you can't make it in. So it's one of those things I understand why they're not letting them in, but it does kind of does kind of suck at the same time for them, you know. It's one of those things where, and we've touched on this before in the podcast, that when you start talking about the highest level of performance and how we get there and push that those boundaries, whether it's talked about or not, steroids, um, growth hormone, performance-enhancing drugs that are outlawed, they become part of the conversation whether we're actually talking about them or not because when we're talking about how how is the human body pushed beyond its limits well that's 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 a really that's a really compelling tool to do that right so it's really for me the stink is extra because and and i get it at the same time but the stink is extra because it's like okay so the people who are going to go into the hall of fame probably were using steroids too but they didn't get caught yeah exactly right and back then I can't remember the person writing everyone out if it was Jose Canseco. Oh, fucking Canseco, dude. dude. Whatever, someone dude. Someone was like, someone said like something crazy, like 90% of baseball players are on steroids. Th- this was like back in the day. I don't know if that's true or not, but that that's also, you know, that's pretty sucky too. Like everyone else was using right. it, he got caught, so can't, can't, you know, make it into the Hall of Fame or whatever. So it's the kid that pushes the Legos over because they don't. Because yep. I can't play, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. come on. And, and you said Conseco and I don't remember that happening, but it's like, yeah, from what I remember about Conseco, that tracks, you know? Yep. <laughs> and dude, something even crazier. So when Barry Bonds hit the, it was either the record breaking or when he um, shared the record with, I don't know who previously had the record for home runs before him. I can't remember. So either when he tied it or broke it, my neighbor's friend actually caught the ball. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Did, what did he, did he, was he able to hold on to it and keep it? Yeah, they, they kept Dude, it. I don't know. You would just be like the whole rest of the game. I just. know. <laughs> I don't know if he sold it. I didn't know him personally. It was a neighbor that I knew it was one of their, their close friends. But man, I could just imagine that after he caught the ball, that security must have been with him the rest of the day or till the end of the game. Because I mean, that ball, I'm sure is worth hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars or or it was at least it would have been like jake reaching up with his glove and catching that kobe rookie card 
<laughs> oh god! Bring it down. Another another sixty grand in my pocket for a card that I bought for a couple dollars. It's <laughs> unfortunate. A little, little double callback and gentle troll. Yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do, right? Say lovey. You know, and chances are it is just sitting somewhere collecting dust. So maybe yeah. someday somebody will get some, you know, maybe maybe your brother-in-law will find it one day 20 years from now and, and be able to buy a house with it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, you could buy a house with it if you found it yesterday. But it was actually my, my half-brother. Oh, your half-brother. Um, right. So he he's the one that, like, I know he took some of the, the cards. He didn't do anything wrong, but that was just yeah. like my, my guess maybe Probably, that card yeah. went with him. I don't know. I'll have to well, ask him one day. but. It, I've only talked to him a couple times, so yeah. so yeah, we'll have to see. But dude, so to our fitness section, another not that this is surprising, uh, but it's unfortunate. And I like to bring these things up, um, you know, of course, for the audience from time to time, not because I only want to bash the fitness industry and, you know, just talk about bad stuff, but I do feel it's important for us to bring up, you know, from time to time. And so sometimes people can go so far with their outlandish claims that it's it's even shocking you know for for one of us to read and this person so he he claims like in his instagram handle god is one of the the words in his in his handle or his name or whatever and good start tons of followers tons of followers and this dude uh makes a lot of money and he's sells his personal detox programs and claims to people he can cure cancer for them and all this stuff. And I have no idea how he has not gotten taken down or sued or any of this stuff. But I mean, this dude literally shows up in his, his videos. Right. And it looks like he's, he'll, you know, he's hanging out at some beach, you know, he, this guy's obviously making tons of money. Mm -hmm. He's wearing some crazy thing, like a really shiny robe. Then he'll have kids glasses on, and then he'll have a pair of goggles to the the side of his head. Then some weird. So like just trying to show off and be flashy and all that. And then selling detox programs. And, And I've read some of them saying that like he can, can cure cancer and the stuff he says it's he he's not a doctor i don't even know if he's a, a certified trainer um tons of Probably people follow not. him tons of people purchase his program so we just i wanted to bring it up just because i don't want anyone to to fall for something like that um because it's it's easy and those people are all over ig yeah yeah man i uh it's it's always something new and it will all, and, there, and it always will be. There's always going to be a gimmick. Yeah, something you know? new and and a different form, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No I, fun. I, I, yeah, I'm almost like you know. Usually, I'm really like ready to like say something, and I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking these these guys, not not just male guys, guys gender neutral guys. Like these people, these people just has a bad charge to it. But like this group of folks who are, you know selling themselves it's it's uh eh, it's just misleading yeah the part that i don't understand is how some can get away with something like that for so long i i'm not sure how they're not sued or how with all the censorship that happens you know like on the internet right especially with all the different social medias like how something like that doesn't get censored but you know he's uh he's still operating i saw him uh, yesterday or the day before like i saw his social media and promoting all the stuff unfortunately so clicks 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 equals cash 
clicks and clash. That's right. But on better news though. So, you know, the other day we talked about optimizing sleep for life and performance. So I started to be more intentional about, you know, delaying my coffee a little mm. bit in the morning after How's that know, going? Some, dude, it's, it's, worked really well like i intermittently have problems with sleeping but i have noticed when i do you know get some sunlight a couple times a day especially earlier in the day than at night and then since i've been delaying my coffee for you know one to two hours in the morning or so it's helped it's like i when i lay down at night i sit there and i can fall asleep you know Mm -hmm. for the most part a lot easier so it's pretty cool i don't know if you've given it a shot yet but you should sometime if you haven't it's legit so I, I cut caffeine out almost completely. Um, oh, that's ago. right. Yeah. I knew that for for the for that exact reason. I mean, and 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 my my sleep habits are actually are actually currently the best they've been in my entire life, and and in large part because I have found the right balance of um, you know supplementation whether we're talking about um, supplementation is such a tough word because we're usually talking about protein and stuff, but. I found my rhythm for getting to sleep these days and, you know, with my good sleep hygiene, with good routine, all the things that we kind of been talking about. So, um, you know, for me, even having like a a black tea at like 7 p.m. might turn into two, two, you know, 48 hours of of being awake. So it's just not worth the uh, rolling the dice for me. Even the tea, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had the wrong the wrong time. I probably, I mean, honestly, one one cup of black tea with like food and stuff. I'd probably be up to like two or three in the morning, whatever, you know. But it could spur me into two days of. But also, you know, as we've touched on in the podcast, and as we will explore further in the future, I also have um, I have health conditions, mental health conditions that spur me on. Anyway, I've got um, you know I'm diagnosed ADHD. I'm diagnosed with some other stuff that kind of keeps your keeps your uh, body clock going and your and your brain going. So you know, for anybody who has struggled with stuff like that. Um, you know, all the tools that we've been talking about in this last episode and we've touched on in this episode, uh, especially the ones directly for sleep, um, are really, really helpful. Yeah. Well, don't fix what's not broken, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's where I'm at these days. And and it's really important that you guys, as our listeners understand that that's the advice we're giving to you. We're not saying knock down the tower of, you know, tower that you've built, you know, don't, don't knock down the structure that you've built up. If you have a program, if you have, whether it's fitness, nutrition, sleep, whatever it is, if you have habits that work well for you, don't throw them out, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, find the habits that you don't like and isolate them and replace those habits and, you know, start working on those specifically, but don't, you know, you don't throw everything out with it. Um, As if, you know, for me, as someone who's diagnosed ADHD, the caffeine is actually super helpful for um, staying on track and kind of keeping my attention and and not not going too tangential. Which you guys know, <laughs> Clayton losing his train of thought. <laughs> what's that? Um, but so caffeine is really helpful for that. But you know, I also am diagnosed with anxiety disorder, so it's it's a, always a balance. It always comes back to the same thing that we're talking about, which is you know finding out what works for you, right? Right. 
All right, let's uh, let's get into our Q and A of the day. This is a straightforward one in a way, and um, I'm excited to talk about it. And that is, why am I not gaining strength? Now, there can be about a hundred or hundreds of different reasons for that, but we're going to hit a few of the big ones today. So I'll start with number one. And if I were to guess, this may be number one as far as this is the most common. I would argue that it's at least up there. So number one, why am I not gaining strength? And this is you're sticking with the same rep scheme, especially for too long. For example, a lot of us were taught, especially back in the day, to stick to the 6 to 12 repetition range, which is very popular, you know, if you're trying to gain muscle or in the bodybuilding community, that's kind of the rep range that you're going to do. That's what I stuck with for the most part when, you know, I was a teenager, 6 to 12. So you can get stronger if you work in this rep range. But if you only work in this rep range, you are leaving a lot of gains as far as strength. You're, you're leave them out there to dry and you're not going to optimize for strength. So if you've noticed you've been in this rep range for a long time, don't be scared to go through different cycles or at least days or on a regular basis where the reps are lower, like three to six to get strong, at least in an absolute sense you do have to lift quote-unquote heavy that does have to happen on occasion i'm not saying to max out every day nothing like that but we do need to lower the reps every once in a while at least and push the weight at least every once in a while probably more than that to be honest but if you have noticed you're in that 6 to 12 rep range or higher try dropping your reps a little bit and making that a normal part of your routine while you're considering where you fall and when you fall um, in these various rep ranges, uh, be willing also to um, question and analyze the efficacy and quality that you're getting from that particular exercise. So, for example... You can do less less reps, higher weight, more reps, less weight. Wait, wait, sorry, did I say that right? Yeah, more reps, less weight, or less reps, higher weight, and you get two very different mixtures there, right? So when we're talking about different rep ranges, it's not just how many reps are we doing, it's how, rigor, how rigorous is each rep as well, right? So, you know, there are various answers to that in various benefits to different answers to that but being willing to test it out is uh is a really important key to this you know try out different rep sets and, and amounts of reps and see see what works for you in different days you know yeah and if you're not willing to completely go on a cycle where it's more dedicated to lower reps like you know two to six or somewhere in that range and you aren't willing to do that you could do more of an undulating approach where you're gonna have days during the week in sessions where you're lifting heavier, but then you're also in the same week or session going to have sets or exercises where you're performing them at a little bit higher of a repetition range. That is completely fine too. You don't have to just do the lower reps, but do know you will have to do a bit heavier of weight and lower reps if you want to gain strength in an absolute sense. And moving on to number two, 
and this is very common as well, rotating movements or programs too much. Now, for your body to adapt and become proficient at a movement or stimulus that you place on it, there needs to be at least some frequency involved. And then preferably, if you can do some of these movements um, multiple times a week, that is going to be optimal. So as we've talked about a few times the last couple of weeks, have that mindset of training. So when you are performing your movement, look not just to lift the most weight possible and just focus on that. Look to improve your movement pattern every time that you're lifting. Now, I, I like to take, say, professional athletes as an example. They spend 90% of the time practicing. They're practicing whatever it is. It could be their free throw. If you're in basketball, it could be you know hitting or throwing. If you're in baseball, whatever it is, they're practicing these movements. It's not this, this all-out, you know, 100% effort every single time. There's a, a lot of thought into getting better at the actual movement. So that is uh, definitely something to consider. Stop rotating your movements or your program too much. This is a really easy to trap to fall in a really easy trap to fall into because um, a lot of the information that we get, especially not to be, you know, keep bringing the IG bell, but from Instagram and, and, you know, the internet, uh, we get this idea that uh, real fitness is constantly trying new things and doing new, exciting movements and trying, you know, being on the cusp of what's going on. And yes, there is, it's absolutely true that that is fun and that is an important part of learning and growing. Uh, but, the reality of results is that the most effective and efficient ways to get there, the most effective and efficient ways to build strength are going to be kind of the non-sexy same movements that you do over and over and over again. And you learn how to vary them and how to get different benefits from it. But for example, you'll never find a... I don't want to say better, but a straight a, a press is never going to be replaced for something else. Pull is never going to be replaced for something else. Squat is never going to be replaced for something else because these movements are um, functionally effective in our day-to-day -day life. So when we're talking about training our bodies and having that apply in our real life, it doesn't get much more beneficial than kind of sticking to not not saying sticking to in as in not trying new things as much as not as remembering not to neglect those core exercises and movements. And I'm in the camp just like you were. I think it's best to even have some of the same movements. Always. Yep. You can vary some stuff every once in a while, but some of your foundational movements, there's no need to really ever take them out of your routine unless there's very specific examples like an injury or something like that but practicing these same movements over and over and over like clay said it's not sexy it's not changing something up you know every week uh, for the ig but it's definitely the way to go if you want to get stronger and moving on to the next point here we covered an entire episode on this recently as well and we've talked about it a couple times the last couple weeks as well. And this is no progressive 
overload. So simply put, um, we're not going to go into all the points that we discussed before on the other episodes, but progressive overload, uh, meaning you're not increasing the weight over time. So it's something we do need to be intentional about. If you're looking to get stronger over time, we are going to have to add a little bit of weight to the lifts. There's a bunch of different ways uh, to progressively overload. It doesn't just have to be the weight, but for today's purposes, I'm just talking about increasing the weight or not increasing the weight over time. Um, so you need to do this. Let's be intentional. We don't need to add weight super fast to, to movements, you know, um, every single training session, nothing like that. But you do need to be intentional over time with adding weight if you're looking to get stronger. And, and let's let's let me just reemphasize that just so that it's clear, because a lot of times, you know, Jake will say something and I'll kind of say something and they'll kind of be, you know, the same, but kind of different. Exactly what Jake said. There's no mincing of words there. If you want to gain strength, you have to add weight. I mean, you know, there's there's mitigating factors and all the other things that we talk about, but you know, general rule of thumb. Yep, absolutely. And moving on to the next point, and this has personally helped me more than just about any of these. It's something that I've been really intentional about uh, the last year or so, uh, trying to get better at. So the next point is not resting enough in between sets. Now, a lot of people, you know, they, they, they find themselves pretty bored just sitting there and letting their heart rate come down in between sets and not letting yourself recover. But this is not going to benefit you if you're trying to get stronger. Yeah. And if you look, you know, on IG, look even in a lot of fitness uh, magazines or articles, it will say, you know, for strength, rest two minutes and for muscle building, rest one minute. I want to take it a little bit further. If you are truly training for absolute strength, start resting. Try even three minutes or longer if you can. I know a lot of us, we can't be in the gym for hours a day because your your session is going to be a little bit longer. But on these big multi-joint movements such as a squat or a deadlift, try resting at least a couple minutes in between sets. Now, when I first really started understanding how important this was, it was from power lifters and from Olympic lifters. Now, think there's some of the the strongest, most powerful people that you will see. There's a few other groups of people that are as well. But those two, if you pay attention to them, if you see them in your gym, they're going to do a set, then they're going to go sit down for at least a couple minutes. Every single time by doing this, if you get adequate rest, this means going into your next set, you are able to apply more force into that next lift. If you continuously rest, say 90 seconds or 60 seconds in between sets, and that's it, you're not getting you're not getting enough time to be able to fully recover to where you can exert yourself again on the next set. Yes, you might not quite get that pump that um, some of us chase from time to time, but this is going to very much so optimize uh, your strength gains when you rest enough in between sets. Um, so... I had something really good to say, and then my cat started chewing cables in my room. <laughs> oh, no, no. So, yeah, so anybody watching, what you just saw was my cat up above and behind me, and then um, I picked her up, and she's terrorizing my hands. If you can see, she's like, now she's being all cute. Um, so that's my kind of distraction and diversion from the fact that I don't um, remember what I was going to say. So we'll just go and move right. on and count that as we'll a kitty, kitty culture. We'll, we'll move right on to the next point, 
and we also did an episode about this. I feel like we're reviewing a lot of stuff today, but that's a good thing. So the next point is not optimizing your sleep. So the sleep you get, it's going to affect every single facet of your life, uh, not even just in the gym, but it's absolutely going to affect being able to build strength. So if you can't optimally recover from the demands and the stresses that you place on your body in the gym, from your training, there's no way you're ever going, I don't want to say get stronger, but you're not going to be able to optimize your strength. You're not going to really see your limit if you're not sleeping. Again, if you want more details about optimizing your sleep, we did a Friday debrief and went over what, like eight or nine points, something like that to help optimize your sleep. So go ahead and check out that episode, but make sure you're prioritizing your sleep. And for most people, you know, seven to nine hours is the the general recommendation. Some need a little bit more, some can run on less. But for me, right when I start getting under that seven hours, I can feel it the next morning. I could tell that I, I can't bring as much intensity to the gym. I don't feel as recovered. I normally feel a little bit more sore. Cognitively speaking, I'm not completely there. It's harder to focus. Nutrition also becomes <laughs> more difficult as far as like wanting to eat whole foods. For some reason, when um, I'm sleep deprived, it's easier to eat just processed foods during the day. <laughs> so there's obviously tons of benefits to sleeping well, but if you want to get stronger, you are going to have to optimize your sleep. So I'm going to speak to both um, this and the last one because I, for me, they are very much in the same, they're very much the same thing because when we're talking about rest, uh, whether it's between sets or it's your actual sleep process, um, we tend to have this idea that we're not doing anything when we're resting. That's not really the case. When we're resting, whether it's between sets or whether we're, we're resting at night, our body is recovering, and the, the output of that equation is that once your body has recovered, whether it is a couple minutes or a night of sleep, it now has the ability to enlist all of its strength and all of its energy and all of its focus on exerting that next movement, which, if we're trying to improve, is going to be heavier or you know more, more reps, or we're going to be pushing it in some way. So... If we're constantly pushing our boundaries and what we are able to do, what that means is we need all of the power, all of the ability that our body can muster. And as soon as we start losing sleep, as soon as we, as soon as we choose not to rest in between um, sets, all of a sudden each, each rep, each set is you, you are by default definition not going all the way out. And as long as you're not going all the way out, you're gonna you're gonna get caught in in a in a in a habit of, um, of like a constant plateau that you know you're gonna be like, why can't I break out of this? And that's that's why. And moving on to our next point, and I like this one because I was guilty of it for so long, and even from time to time, it still happens. And this is going for PRs or personal records too much, so you are maxing out. Every single time you're at the gym and doing one rep maxes every single time you're at the gym. I really like to think of this. Again, I, I got to just, you know, speak really highly of the power lifters and Olympic lifters because I've, again, learned some of these principles from them. Think, you know, their, their one rep max, that is their competition, right? That's going to happen one or two times a year. So the rest of the year, yes, they're preparing for this, but that that big event, it's only happening once or twice a year. They're not lifting 
absolute maximal weights every single time they lift. This only happens every once in a while. There's going to be so much strain um, on your CNS system if you were doing this over and over, and you're never going to be able to recover if that's how you lift. So prepare, lift heavy, of course, but when we're actually maxing out and going for a record, this should not be something that is done on a regular basis. Definitely not <laughs> on a weekly basis. I'm a, I'm a big fan of actually, unless you have a reason to do one rep maxes, like, you know, you're, you're, you're training for, uh, you know, a sport or, uh, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're powerlifting, uh, with the exception of those folks who have a reason to, I don't think that people should be doing one rep max. And, you know, that's not to say you can't push yourself so hard that all you can do is that one rep and then you can't, you know, continue to do it, which is effectively the same thing. But when we focus on one rep maxes, it can, we can lose the actual value, which is what Jake is talking about. If, if there was, if all the value was in that one rep max, these same athletes that Jake is talking about would train that way every single day, every single time, but they don't get the benefit. And instead they get the benefit from training more, um, broadly and more, um, in, in a way that is going to support their health and their ability to, to do that one rep max when it's time to do that. Right. So what we want to do as more layman's is we want to train as if we were prepping for that one rep max, the same way that same person might be doing it if we want to do one rep max and then maybe don't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, again, if you want to do one rep max, rock it. Like it's, it's a tried and true, awesome thing that a lot of people would do really well. And it's also something that people hurt themselves doing because they don't know how to do quite right. So only be doing one rep max if you have a reason and you have the knowledge and skill. Absolutely. And moving on to our next point here, and this is being in a consistent calorie deficit, especially a severe calorie deficit. Now, I just want to start this off by saying you can get stronger if you are in a calorie deficit and losing body fat. You absolutely can. So I'm not saying this. You especially, you can gain relative strength when you're in a calorie deficit. The point being, though, if we are severely under eating and in a severe calorie deficit and for long periods of time, you're not going to have the necessary fuel you need to obviously fuel your training and then recover from your training. And so even if you are in a calorie deficit and you are looking to get stronger or maintain your strength, something I suggest is make sure you feel fuel properly before you train and after. Sure, the rest of the day, you're not going to be able to eat quite as much as you would like to. Um, this is assuming you're trying to lose fat. Uh, but if you at least fuel around your workout, then you're going to bring the intensity needed to be successful in getting stronger over time. So just keep that into consideration. If you've been in a deficit for a very long time, it will be a little bit harder to optimize strength, especially if you've lost lots of weight or have been in a deficit for a long time. This is what I did my whole life. I was either in a severe calorie deficit or I was in a severe calorie surplus. And so what happened was I'd jump back and forth between being um, being really lean and very overweight, but I was I was lifting throughout that whole time, so I was strong in both situations. So this is a perfect example of what you're talking about. You can absolutely gain, especially like you said, relative strength um, when you're in a calorie deficit, um, but especially if you're someone like me who has jumped back and forth between kind of 
overeating uh, perpetually and undereating perpetually, you might find that getting a consistent um, calorie, kind of limiting those severe um, outliers and having less extreme deficits and, and less extreme surpluses, that they that might be the one key that you've been missing this whole time. That was for me the case. I I like as you guys know, I was raised by a trainer. I I've, I've known my whole life how to train properly. And I knew how I should be eating. But it wasn't until I was able to m- make that eating behavior consistent that I was able to find real balance and build strength and and be you know lean from a fat standpoint you also notice too if uh especially say after the holidays as assuming that you're consistent with lifting say you eat a little bit too much uh, the night before and assuming you get a nice uh night of sleep you might notice you're a little bit stronger going mm-hmm. into the gym the next day so totally for some of us that you know everyone's all like to enjoy big meals like that yeah. it can definitely impact you in a positive way i will even say that that was for me that was really the key is it wasn't even so much realizing for me that i had to hit that nice middle ground the way i just said what it was was realizing that if i increased my lifting my natural overeating fit better into my overall equation yeah absolutely absolutely and all right everyone moving on to our last point for the day and this is you are not warming up properly for your movements now when you warm up with lighter weights uh, beforehand or you get multiple sets with lighter weights in beforehand you're priming your cns system you're creating a stronger mind to muscle connection and you're slowly getting accustomed to the movement and the demands that you're going to be placing on your body to come so uh, a general rule of thumb the heavier you are going to lift or the more intense your workout is going to be it's generally speaking better to do a little bit longer of a warm-up beforehand. I've noticed that's helped uh, me personally a lot. The times where I'm looking to lift heavy weight or perform movements at a high intensity, when I don't warm up beforehand, I never perform my best. Now, I haven't gone as far as I would say necessarily getting injured although i you know i've heard people say that they've gotten injured because of this but for me it's more you're not going to perform at your highest if you're not warming up properly beforehand our our so jake just said um priming your cns and creating a stronger mind muscle connection Uh, our brain when we do when we make when we do behaviors and we make movements we, especially if they're new movement, new movements, what we're doing is we are literally burning new pathways into our brain, new um, permanent pathways for our brain to follow. And what happens is as we continue to do that, 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 that those dendrites, I think that's right. The, the. Oh, taking it way back to the physiology yeah, I'm, I, there. Yeah, there but that go. might've been a little bit of a name drop in, you know, I'm not trying to get into the science as much as to say as. Um, literally it creates new pathways. And when you do that, you reinforce those pathways. Yes. Um, so, you know, don't, don't, don't think that when you're doing a repetition over and over again, your only value is whatever, you know, 
there's always going to be more value than you necessarily even realize, even if that value is just for a repetition getting you prepped to do the movement better and, and, and hurt less. And here's the other part of that. Um, always stretching after at the end of a workout. Um, stretching before uh, a workout or at the beginning of a workout before you do, especially kind of power movements, as Jake has said before, um, can actually cause you to uh, – can lead to – less strength when you're actually performing the movement. Um, I think the example was hamstrings was the actual um, reference that you you referenced. But the idea being that, um, you know, we're warming up beforehand and we are cooling down in the, in the ba- back half. And the part of the cooling down that for me is really important is the, is the stretching while you're warm. All right, everyone, let's go through those real quick. Uh, just one more time for you. Uh, number one, sticking with the same rep scheme for too long. Uh, number two, you are rotating your movements or programs too much. Number three, no progressive overload. Number four, you're not resting enough in between sets. Number five, you're not optimizing your sleep. Number six, going for PRs too much. Number seven, you are in a consistent calorie deficit. And number eight, you are not warming up for your movements. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mission Driven Made podcast. If you did find value in the content today and you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please go ahead and do so. Also, it would be greatly appreciated if you left us a nice review there. It's going to help grow the show tremendously. If you would like to find us on Instagram, you can find us at Mission Driven Made uh, is our handle. And lastly, if you would like to be part of a free online fitness community, we have one on Facebook and it is called the forum. So if you type in mission driven made the The forum, forum. you're going to find the free online community there. We're also going to provide a link in the show notes uh, for that as well. So this is a place you can go um, to converse with other listeners of the podcast and a place you can go to ask Clayton or I questions, whether this is fitness, nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, any of that. We are there to answer any questions that you may have. And some of the questions will be featured on later podcast episodes. All right, everyone. We hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. We love all of you. And until next time, stay mission driven.